Hey, it's David here. And this is Rob. We are the hosts of a brand new podcast called Totally 80s and 90s Recall. If you love all things 80s and 90s from music and movies to television and pop culture, then this is the podcast for you. Join two Gen X dudes every week as we revisit and discuss all of our favorite things from when we grew up in the 80s and 90s for a fun and nostalgic look back at two of the best decades. So come and listen for yourself. We promise you'll have a great time and then go subscribe to Totally 80s and 90s Recall on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast podcasts i forgot what show we were doing um <laughs> <laughs> it's called the mixtape thank podcast. you i appreciate that <laughs> yeah gentlemen let's broaden our minds who has a mixtape who needs a mixtape who makes a mixtape it's a mixtape, you do do Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mixtape Podcast. Uh, <laughs> I'm Jason Emmett. And I'm Twisted Kid Matt. That's it. Nobody yep. else is coming. I, yep. I don't know. We Somebody else is coming here in a few minutes. We have somebody else coming. Uh, yeah. This is our 100th episode, and uh, phew, ah, like that's, <laughs> that's what you're getting. Uh, <laughs> that's about it. Actually, it's not all you're getting, and we talked about it. We may throw some extra content stuff out. We don't know, but we had a great interview and I really hope people are going to listen to this interview. Uh, I think that they will thoroughly enjoy this interview, but uh, we got to speak to Ron Wasserman and we thought what better way to do our hundredth than with that. Uh, if you don't know who Ron is, you do. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Matt and I Absolutely. got to sit down with Ron he was a blast to talk to like so much fun we say that all the time but really he was fun as hell yeah. and Ron is the guy who wrote Go Go Power Rangers man he's the guy yeah. who wrote the X-Men theme song for, for the X-Men the animated series he did VR Troopers and 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 pretty much all Dino Squad, Dino Mommy's, Squad Alive. Mommy's Alive dude he did pretty much all of the Power Rangers stuff uh, yeah. He did the, all the music, not except he didn't do Rock the Dragon, guys, but he did the Dragon Ball Z music. So he has soundtracked a lot of our youth. And um, he was, like, it was fun. It was informative. Like, this was, again, we just sometimes have those interviews, man, where it's like we always have a good time talking to people. We always love getting to know them. But sometimes we sit down and we're like, oh, my God, I want to just, I just want to hang out with you and have a couple beers and just shoot the shit all day because you're just a fun person. Yeah. And that's Ron. And he's very humble. I don't know. Really cool dude. We had a blast talking to him. So yeah. hopefully you guys will enjoy the interview. And and I'll say this. If you want to talk to him, reach out. He's yeah. a great guy. He'll don't reach do out it. to me. I'm not going to give you his email. Yeah, we yeah, <laughs> but you if you can get a hold it. of him or yeah. if he's going to be at a con or something, go meet him. Absolutely. Go meet him. I would love to meet him. Yeah. He'll, he'll, he'll talk to you. He... He's a big fan of his fans, which I think yeah. is, was, he I love goes that. goes over in the episode, actually. Yeah, I, I love that. 
I love that. He doesn't think of himself like he he kind of goes talks about the fact that it's so weird to like that people think of him like, you know, when I get like recognition, it's cool, but it's bizarre. It's like I'm not yeah. I'm just doing this cuz it's cool and fun and I like doing it. So uh but we talk a lot about that and we'll let you we'll let him, you know, tell you all about that in stuff. His own, in his own words. Yeah. yeah. Uh, before we do that, obviously, we have a few things we have to get done here on the yeah. show proper. So this is the 100th episode, and I do know that some of you guys have been working on the clues to the contest. So that's Ooh. cool, and that's exciting, and I'm looking forward to it because this is the final clue. So yes, it is, everybody. Yeah. Get this, your pen and paper out, write it out on post-it note. <laughs> write it down. Now, remember... The rules of the contest are very simple. We have three clues. Episode number 98 was the first clue. 99 was the second clue. And 100 is the third clue. Those are those are the episodes that the clues appear in. Yeah. For the record. There may be assistance More clarification. In, in previous episodes on those clues. Yes. Uh, here's what you got to do. You figure out what the clues are. Uh, then you figure out what the secret, I don't know, is a phrase? There's a secret question you're going to know here in a second. Uh, use the clues, figure out what we're asking. Tell us all of those. You can do that through our, uh, our email, which is yourmixtapepodcast at gmail.com. The first person to email the correct answers is going to win all a little three. prize package. Um, so we said you were going to get a vinyl sticker. Uh, and these are the good vinyl stickers, like you can put on your car, or you can put well, you can put them anywhere you want. Your yeah. laptop case, I don't laptop. care. Put it wherever you want. Something where a lot of people are going to see it and ask you questions about what it means, and then you just tell them, "Oh, it's a great podcast. You should this, listen this to this awesome podcast that I'm a fan yeah. of because I'm a tapeworm and we're cool." Yeah, um, you're going to get a vinyl sticker. You're going to get a T-shirt. So we uh, when when you win, we will. We will get your address and your shirt size and all that. So you're going to get a T-shirt. You're going to get a cool keychain, and they are very cool keychains. I have one mm-hmm. on my keychain thing, what, whatever you call that right now. Your keyring on my keyring. Um, and I've actually been putting together some little fun ass. Just if you're into pop culture stuff, there's going to be a couple little things that come along with it that are just fun. Um, some yeah, or, you know, just some geeky little pop culture stuff that's going to get thrown in just for shits and giggles. And uh, I know a few of you have been working on it. I will not mm-hmm. say, will not say whether you are correct or not. But I will say this: a couple of you are definitely on the right path. <laughs> so yeah. um, let's let's should we give our social media first and then the final clue or? Uh yeah. Okay. So when we do the social media. Write down a form of contact that you want to get a hold of us for the contest. Yeah. And then you'll get the clue. It needs to be your your response to us neither needs to be email or voicemail. I don't care which of the two. Correct. Yeah. Uh, but if you're blasting it on Twitter and I don't see it and other people get it and they email me, yeah, let's not do that. Then, yeah. Uh, it needs so, to be direct to us so that only we see the answer. Yeah, voicemail or email, whichever you prefer. Uh, we're going to drop in our social media contact stuff right here. And then we'll come back and give you guys the third and final clue. If you are a fan of the Mixtape Podcast, then you need to follow us on the social medias. And if you aren't a fan, well, then you should start listening. Become a fan. Then follow us on the social medias. Here is how you would go about that. The easiest way to find us is by heading to the mixtapepod.com and scanning the link tree. 
or you can follow the direct links to each one. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. We are on all of them, and you really should follow us because we interact with our listeners. We ask you guys to send your mixtape suggestions. We tease upcoming guests and events, and a bunch more. Also, we have a voicemail line. You can call, sing us a song, leave us a message, tell us your thoughts for the show, whatever you want. That number is 513-437-2377 or 513-HERAD77. There it is. All the social media stuff you should know. And like always, remember to stay awesome. All right, so we're going to give you that third, we're going to give you that uh, that last clue. Um, again, you heard how to get in contact with us to give us the answers. So remember, clue number one was on episode 98. You need to follow that clue to take you to clue number two. Uh, they they are pretty integral, by the way. You're going to yes. need all three. Uh, number Episode 99 is clue number two. And then if you take both of those, then you should be able to answer this even though we're going to give you another episode so episode 16 of the mixtape will tell you the answer so you've got to remember the last week's clue right track two did not originally belong to this band it was a 1986 b-side from this leggy multi-grammy award-winning r&b legend be the first person to tell us the band the song and the final artist, and you will win a prize pack. But that's not all. You're going to be crowned the pop culture champion of 2023 for the Mixtape Podcast. And that's what you really want. That's what yeah. you're all going you got to have the bragging rights because, I mean, yeah, anybody can have a decal and a shirt. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. You can, yeah but you can just ask us nicely. Gonna, we're going to, like, put you up on social media as the but, pop culture champion. But you know, so. we're also going to ask you, wait, wait, hang on. Are you the pop culture champion? Because only they really, truly get the shirt and the decal. So if you don't have those bragging rights, then yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing with your life? Really so you remember, doing? clue number one, I need that answer. Clue number two, I need that answer. So, I mean, I kind of told you what you were looking for there. Yep. You're going to need to tell me the band. You're going to need to tell me the song. That's the first two clues. And then the third clue, you're going to have to tell me the artist we're looking for. Um, both actually there's two artists. So the, you know, so again, that last clue. Okay. The last clue episode 16 of the mixtape will tell you this answer, but track two did not originally belong to that band. It was a 1986 B side from this leggy multi Grammy award-winning R and B legend. So there you go. Put your clues together. Be the first. I'm excited. I want to see uh, who gets it. I want to see uh, how many people get it and then when the answers start rolling in. It'll be kind of cool to uh, see what people came up with. And hopefully you guys enjoyed this. We're gonna we're working on some other stuff, uh, maybe some more contests in the future. Um, Matt said something about he wants to give away a DeLorean. So yeah. you know, we'll work, we're, we'll work on that. I have to that. travel back in time to get it, though, yeah. so. It might be a little difficult to get it. We'll uh, we'll give you a, a Delorean. We'll drop yeah. clues from time to time, mm-hmm. and you got to figure them out. So no, 
we don't have a DeLorean. We're going to get a DeLorean. We're not giving you a DeLorean. Yeah. Um, hey, guys. Uh, you heard our social media stuff. Please go over and check all of that out. We really love interacting with you guys online, so please um, do that. This show, uh, you guys have been leaving reviews, and you've been sharing, and it has been noticed. This is episode 100. We've released over 100 episodes of the show. This is the 100th official episode. You might have noticed in between episodes, um, we dropped the special edition uh, Operation Fandom episode. Have a couple quick interviews with uh, some of the guys from the Sandlot and professional skateboarder Doug Brown on there. Um, He might be related to Matt. I don't know. Uh, I can neither (laughs) confirm nor deny because I've never looked into our lineage. Um, Please go back and check that out. It's just a mini episode. We're going to be dropping some of those here and there now. We're working on that. We have different interviews uh, and whatnot coming down the line. That being said, we're going to do something we don't typically do. We're going to tease a couple. We're going to tease oh, yeah. a couple of upcoming interviews um, that we do have coming down the line. Um, yeah. And uh, if you pay extra close attention to our social media, you'll see some of these announcements coming out in video form. Yeah. So another little mini episode uh, we're going to be launching here very soon, actually, probably within the next week or so. Um, So it'll drop between this and uh, episode 101 is uh, is our episode with Neely. Am I going to I don't want to mess up her last name. Neely Brosh. And if you don't know who Neely is, you need to go find out. Neely is a guitar player and she is amazing. Um, we were lucky to have the opportunity to speak with her. She has a couple of new songs out, but Neely has worked with some incredible artists. And I think she's a name that you want to pay attention to. Um, she's been working with Cirque du Soleil for a while now, but she's also the guitarist for Danny Elfman. And the fact that she gets to do these things and, the the people that have reached out to work with her because of who she is is just amazing. Yeah. Also, like I said, man, another one of those just we didn't know when we sat down with her. She was fucking awesome. She was, yeah, she was. so much fun to talk to, man. And mm-hmm. I just feel lucky when we get to do this stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, we did ask the three questions, and I won't tell you her answers, but let's just say that. Um, one one of them in particular has a an amazing but also very obvious answer. <laughs> it's a great when answer. Which she, she said it. So. Um, we highly recommend yeah. you listen to that episode when yeah. it drops because you may or may not know who some of these people are, but this is how you get to know them and get to experience new artists and find new loves and things that you know. That's why we do it. So, uh, so that's coming out. Uh, not only that, but we, uh, real lucky, uh, once again, and sometimes it's, it's one of those things for me. It's like, uh, are we really going to be talking to this person? And then we do, uh, we got Matt and I got to talk to Ivan, uh, Dorishuk. And if you don't know who Ivan is, well, you do. <laughs> I love saying that, but you do, uh, yeah. it's men without hats, man. It's Ivan Dorishuk from men without hats. This is the guy who gave us the safety dance, who gave us Pop Goes the World. Um, Both of which we've talked about many times. Many times times on this this show, show. yeah. So we got to talk to him, and uh, that was fun, too. We got to ask him some questions about uh, 
where the band name came from and uh, the origins of the safety dance. And we got to hear his. Makes me want to throw away my toque. Which <laughs> I, I'm glad I didn't bring up the fact that I own a toque to so, him. Yeah. Like, he would have probably, not a man. Would have probably Damn. laughed. Um, so that interview is coming up too. We have more lined up after that. Um, and just more things planned. And really it's possible because you guys are listening and you're reviewing and you're sharing. And I know you hear a lot of shows say that, please review, please share, but it's, it genuinely helps. It It genuinely helps. And you hear that all the time too. It helps more than, you know, it really does. Like we did not ask for that for a long time. Um, we didn't ask for, reviews we didn't ask anybody to share we didn't really think about it um and then we were like hey we want to grow this thing um and the reason we want to grow this thing is because we want to have better guests on we want to well not better our guests are pretty fucking great we want to have more guests on you want to cut that out we want to no i'm gonna leave that in uh not better guests our seriously our guests are amazing but the more attention we get the more people are which has happened too um it Let me makes, just say this, guys. It makes I'm it say easier. Jay, Jay teased me with something earlier. I'm going to pull the curtain back a little bit. I'm not saying who, <laughs> but Jay teased me with something. If we don't get this person on the show, I might stop talking to Jay. <laughs> you can't. It's not my fault. Hey, I'm busting my butt. Um, it mm-hmm. makes it when the, the more. And yeah, that was my motherly. Mm-hmm, the again, more. <laughs> which I, I am trying so hard not to do now. I that thought you fucking about. pointed that out. But why? I think, <laughs> it's, out I, think so it's, hard. I think it's hilarious. It makes me laugh every time. <laughs> um, whenever I screw up, Matt goes, mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. here we go. <laughs> which made me laugh like crazy. Uh, no, no. What happens when you guys share the show, when the show grows, when, when you review the show. So whenever you review the show on the podcatchers you listen to, so you hear a lot of shows say, Hey, please leave us a review. Here's why they're saying that when you do that, it, even a few reviews moves it up and other, it's hard for people to see your podcast because there's so many out there now. And so that gives you, um, higher visibility and that makes other people oh look there's a show and they'll check it out so that's why the reviews matter a lot and of course sharing just you're just telling people about the show and that's that's great we really appreciate that but what happens is the more our numbers grow the more we can show that so sometimes when we talk to um uh, celebrities and artists and actors and musicians and stuff um sometimes i'm lucky that through someone else we've had on the show or different routes, I managed to get a hold of them and talk to them directly, but that's not always the case. It takes a lot of work. It's, it's a lot harder. We don't, we never talk about any of this stuff on the show. Um, it's a lot of work and Matt will contest to that. It is, it is, it is a lot of work. Oh, yeah. And when we can show that you guys, it's like, here are our listeners then they know that our audience, oh, your audience likes these people. That's how we get people on the show. They want you. It's really simpatico if you think about it. They want to know that you guys want to hear these guests, and then they're willing to put the guests on. It's weird, but it's the way it is because they, what's the point otherwise, right? So it helps. It helps a ton. So when Matt says it helps more than you, it really does. So please do that. We're begging you. On our hundredth episode, please. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not. We made it this far. Might as well try to do another couple. Yeah, know? actually, uh, this <laughs> this 
this uh, last year has been amazing, and it's yeah, we've we've pushed for growth, we've seen growth, and it's all been because of you guys out there. So thank you so much. But we would love to have you join us on social media. I know, I know, Facebook is a thing of the past, but our page is actually pretty fun. Um, mm-hmm. Listen, if you're if you're a music fan, you we post a lot of upcoming concerts on there, cons, concerts, things like that, and there are a bunch of cons coming up too. Uh, and we hope to be at some of them. So we like to let you guys know and you can come out and meet us and meet guests and have fun and it's a good time. So best place to do that is through our social media. Follow us there. We love it. So that's that's all I got to say about all that. We we went on too much about it. We're going to um we're going to give you guys an interview here in a second. But again, it is our hundredth, so I want to say a couple of things. I want to thank a few people. Obviously, uh we play you hear us play promo, uh, promos for other shows and stuff at the beginning. Those are all shows that we have interacted with. And we're not just playing random promotional stuff. We've talked to those shows. They, you know, they're playing our stuff. We have conversations with them. Some of them are going to end up guest hosting here on the show. So when we talk about them, it's because we like them. That's important. The other thing is we've had a lot of guests on the show, not just celebrities but we've had friends um from other shows things like that come on the show we want to take just a second and thank all of them i'm not going to name everybody because i won't remember them all um but we we have we've had you know guys like guys like the not a bomb podcast and guys like behind the funny that have really been out there uh kind of talking about it yeah which we greatly appreciate because we think you guys are pretty awesome too um and totally, I want to say totally 80s and 90s recall. Just met them, not, well, we haven't met them in person. We just met them digitally recently, and they're awesome. Um, just, that's what I mean. We get to meet cool people, and they're like, instantly, they're like out there finding us on social media and sharing our stuff. And I just think that's great, man. And that's what this is all about. So we've had some really cool people. You know, Patrick from Scream Queens has been on the show, uh, Nathan from Horror Hound, and, uh, even people that are, I guess, pseudo celebrities. Early, early on, we had some people on here. You know, Matt Hoffman um, mm-hmm. was on the show, and uh, Alexander. Alexander Hamilton was on the show, and Metal Mike he was on the show. So we've just had a, over over the last few years, we've had a lot of people, and we really enjoy doing it. I, obviously, we've changed up some. Matt joined us. Yeah, um, you know, Maya Angelou on the show. At one <laughs> she's point. been on a few times. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Kevin Got adopted some, uh, six a, slam poetry for Kevin adopted a slide whistle yeah. at some point uh, yeah. well. like, for better or worse. Obviously you don't hear <laughs> as much from some of the early guys. Uh, you'll probably start hearing Stu a little more often um, here and there on the show. Um, uh, I'm sure Spanky and Noah body will come on every once in a while still, uh, you know, but uh, we think that the show has, uh, really morphed into something cool. So hopefully you guys enjoy it and you appreciate the people we've had on. And we want to just take a minute to say thank you to everybody who has come on and uh, been a part of this show over the years. And hopefully we can just get better and better and give you guys more and more because, hey, why? Because we like you. Is it like you? I think part of it, they said like you, and then they started saying love you, and then that just got creepy. And, and, and what? What are we referring to? It's the Mickey Mouse Club. Mickey Mouse Club? <laughs> I said, you've said it before, and I was like, what? What are you Mickey talking Mouse about, Club? crazy ass? I was like, all right. I'm pretty sure it's, uh, yeah, we like you. Yeah. Hopefully it's like and not a 
creepy. We love you. Bill Cosby mm-hmm. situation. Yeah. Why? Because yeah, we like pudding that. pops. That's why. Hey, one more thing, and then I'm going to uh, kick into the uh, interview proper. Uh, BustedTees.com. You hear the? You probably skip the ad at the beginning a lot now. <laughs> Don't do that. BustedTees.com is actually really cool. Uh, they didn't find us. We, we reached out to them because I was like, hey, I like your shit. And uh, that's why they're a sponsor, because they got cool shit, like their T-shirts. Uh, I'm a sock guy. I like really crazy socks. My wife will tell you um, that's sort of my thing. And I like I have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle socks, Jurassic Park socks. I have Ted Lasso socks and I have uh, Stephen King's It socks. Like all my socks usually have a theme um, because I don't know why. I just really like it. They have cool socks over there and stuff, too. Um, but obviously fun T-shirts and stuff. So um, please go over and check them out. Uh, I think it's Jason two five nine four five, but I'm probably wrong about that. The best place mm, is just pretty sure that's right. He's actually. like, no, dumbass, you nailed it. You kind of did. Yeah. Uh, um, gonna, it is I'm Jason two five nine four five. Jason two five nine four five. All one thing, and uh, if you put that in a checkout, you get twenty percent off, which is, uh, I mean, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, definitely, if you're going to buy geeky shirts and stuff, use the code because you you might as well get some stuff off. All right, let's go ahead. It help us in the process. Yeah, it know? does help us a little bit, um, which, again, thank you. Let's go ahead and kick off our interview with Ron. Ron is great. You guys are going to have fun with this. Oh, you know what? I'm a douche. Um, we're going to kick okay. off our interview with Ron, but what better way to thank this person uh, when we're about to talk about a musician? We need to take a minute. If you didn't hear this week, there was a a new version of our theme song, but it's all the same oh, yeah. guy. Yeah. It's all the same guy. That is Skiznot. Skiznot, man. Skiznot has been around since before this show, and he's not like this dude that we are good buddies with that we hound. And no, we met him through this. Skiznot has not only done stuff for this show, he's done stuff for other shows. He's amazing. Yeah. You can you can find some videos, uh, some, some YouTube channels that, He's done like outro music for yeah. him, and when you when you hear it, you're like, "That is definitely Skiznot." Yeah, Skiznot's that. amazing. Yeah, and uh, we wouldn't like we wouldn't have some of the things we've had on these shows if if he hadn't just done it for us, which yeah. we greatly appreciate. We have not asked; he just sends them. Yeah, which, which is, is great, amazing, and um, like he deserves so much more credit than he gets from us. But so thank you, Skiznot. Hundred episodes, man, and. Your theme song has been on a majority of them. And uh, it's so funny because I was like talking to Matt and I'm like, we need an updated version of the theme song, but I hate hounding the guy. And I never, he just sent it. Yep. I never even emailed that him. It's like he knew. Legitimately something like we just put it out into the, into like the world two between days. the two of us. And then two days later yeah. it showed up in the email. And I'm like, oh my God, it's like he knew. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you, Skiznot. Yeah. That being said, we're now going to let you guys hear from an awesome awesome composer who um honestly if you're listening to this show he probably did a lot of the music that you grew up with also had a band um has also done music on shows that you didn't even know he did music on but we had him a lot about <laughs> you know power rangers and x-men and we have a really good time doing it so and a former tour mate yeah 
and mm. uh, I unless I, Jay cut that out, I give him some crap about <laughs> Sweet Valley High, and <laughs> so let's go ahead and kick off our interview with Ron Wasserman. We'll come back. We will close this bad boy out, and uh, yeah, here you go. This is uh, Matt and I speaking to Ron. What's up, tapeworms? You are listening to the Mixtape Podcast. Subscribe, share, and stay awesome. I'll warn you, we're pretty. We were pretty excited that you uh, agreed to come on. We've actually, your name has come up a lot recently. <laughs> Just yes, has. it has. Uh oh. Um, obviously, <laughs> they can't all good things. Anything. It, it, no, it's all really good things. Uh, it's funny. We uh, yeah, obviously we did a recent uh, Power Rangers episode uh, where we talked about you know the Power Rangers after Jason David Frank, unfortunately, and then and uh, recently we did like a theme song, like a cartoon theme song and stuff. And your name just kept popping up, man. <laughs> yeah, and if I remember right, oh, nice. I I put you on there. Without realizing it, I think twice. Yeah, I believe so. Um, so yeah. <laughs> I was like, you know what? Um, and then we, we I cannot remember the show, unfortunately, but we caught an interview with you on another show. And I was like, we need to reach out to this guy because he just seems like he's extremely cool and like easy to talk to. So uh, we did. And luckily. Oh, I love doing this. And thank come you. On. Well, thank yeah. you, first of all. Um, and I got to ask you early on stuff, man. Uh, we'll start real early. Were were you in a band with E.G. Daly? Yes. I was in a few other bands prior to that, and then I was playing at a place called Club Lingerie in L.A., and she came up to me afterwards and said, Hi, I'm E.G., and I have a record deal on A&M. She's so bubbly and so friendly. And she said, You want to be in my band? And I said, Okay. <laughs> and it was awesome. great. It was a great experience. We had so much fun, and and uh, the bass. I can't remember the guitar player, but the bass player was Matt Bissonette, who's like plays with Elton John, and I'm still friends with him. And then Matt Sorum that went on to Guns and Roses. Wow. I mean, what? the band just rocked <laughs> for an '80s pop dance project. We just rocked. That it was is great, fantastic. <laughs> that is so cool. Like I never knew that she was in a band with those people. Like it's just kind of cool to hear that. Um, do you do you still? T- I mean, do you run into her? Do you talk to her? I mean, you guys kind of, I guess, similar industries. I think we've had a few messages on Facebook, but to be honest with you, I don't think she remembers who I am. <laughs> I'm sure she does. <laughs> She's- no, no, I think that's that's really it. Uh, or, or, yeah, there was like a, 10 years ago, we did have a phone call because she was going to go do a live show. And then uh, she called afterwards. She goes, my God, it's a night, you know, because she'd been signed and everything. And I said, yeah, it's rough when you don't have a hit song or anything. It's definitely rough. So... <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, she, she does, would remember me. But no, a, we haven't spoken lately. Sorry, that was you just reminded me of that whole situation. <laughs> she does a ton of like voiceover work and stuff now, so it's yeah. it's yeah. I think she's doing oh, all right. She's <laughs> Yeah, she's yeah. believe me, I'm sure she's doing fine. <laughs> Uh, I'm Matt. divorced. Maybe I should call her. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's kind of cool to hear about her personality, though, because every time you see yeah. her in interviews or anything, that's how you kind of picture her, like just really bubbly yeah. and energetic. Yeah. So it's kind of cool, yeah. cool to hear that's how she that's really exactly is. exactly who she is. Just such yeah. a nice person. That's cool. Yeah, I was 
telling Jay earlier, I, I met her a few years ago at a convention and it didn't really sink in at the time of like who she was specifically. And I was just like, Oh my God, that's Dottie from Pee Wee's big adventure. And it's just yeah. like, Oh my God, she's, she is that person in, <laughs> in real life. It just, that is she just. Yeah, exactly. Greatest, so. So you yeah. you'd mentioned some other bands. Um, can you kind of tell us how you got started? Like when you knew you wanted to be involved in music, and what some of your early influences were. I started playing when I was three, and started writing when I was five. Wow! And although I never thought about pursuing music, and one of my cousins was a musician, and and, and ended up being an orchestra, was playing clarinet, but. Other than that, it, there was no, none of my friends played. It was just something I did alone, playing piano all the time. And I would listen to, my dad hated listening to music. Uh, he only wanted to listen to the news. So <laughs> I would, I had, a, my uncle gave me like AM radios to listen to. So I would just scan stations and just, it ran the gamut. And then later on, I got a, a ham radio or a shortwave. It was shortwave. And I would tune in stations from Mexico, Canada, South America. I could even some nights I could pick up stuff from Europe and I would just listen to everything. So and then I grew up writing and then got into George Gershwin, tried to learn Rhapsody in Blue, got through most of it in the summer. It's a freaking hardest thing in the world to play. <laughs> And then when I started getting a little older, I discovered Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath, especially, and <laughs> Jethro Tull and a few others I can't think of. So they were a huge influence on um, just I could not get enough of the harder it was, the more vicious it was, the more I loved it. <laughs> it explains a few uh, things that we're going to hit on here in a few yeah, minutes. We're, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. starting to put two and two together on some stuff, but uh, I still want to hear <laughs> yeah. stories behind some of this. We're kind of wondering how did the whole Saban thing come come about? And like we we heard it was kind of a fluke, and you were just there to help out, but ended up sticking around. Like how how true is that? And like how'd that go? Yeah, it's true. Uh, I had been uh, the head of music there. He wasn't the head at the time. I can't remember, but his name is Ron Kanan. and I we had been in a band that almost got signed, and then he had a studio at his house, so I would go there with singers and or singers he found that I would co-write and produce and then he was at Saban and he called one day and said our engineer can't make it you want to come in and mix for one of our composers and I went sure and that was my first time at Saban and I was broke and in a lot of debt I remember sitting with this guy and he blew out three one-minute cues he was a trumpet player and used a Lynn drum machine and something else he blew out three cues in an hour. I said, what do you get paid for this? He goes, that's a buyout, but I get 150 a cue. And I went, wait, how much did you just make? <laughs> so that, although money's not been my driving force ever, you know, when you don't know if you're going to get, be homeless, it looks really good. You know, you have an opportunity. <laughs> so I parked my ass at that studio. I lived at that place. And then they hired me part-time. Then they hired me full-time. And then I was mixing the stuff the other couple of composers were writing and doing various other things there and kept submitting stuff to the producers. And 
they were really good at kind of reshaping and breaking me from the songwriting format into scoring. And that's what I did for the first uh, couple of years there until X-Men came in. And once I did that theme um, <laughs> with Ron Kanon, once, once we did that theme, uh, I mean, I literally had two one-week breaks between 1992 till June 2018. Wow. Jeez. It's, so you mentioned X-Men and that one, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, yeah, not gonna lie. That that's one of them that made my list of top, uh, top cartoon theme songs. And it's, it's become a bit of a meme. And I, I believe I said in the episode, it whips way more ass than it ever should. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is just, it's such an intense theme song. And I, I grew up watching X-Men, the animated series, and just, I loved the theme song and, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. For a while, it was my ringtone on my phone. So, um, so I still hear it once in a while. Be I would hope so. I hear it man. on somebody's phone. It's hysterical. Oh, yeah. That's cool. <laughs> so, you know, we, we've seen we've all seen the memes and everything. But could you talk a little bit about you know writing that theme? What was the the process like? And you know, how'd you come up with it? Well, Ron Kanan, um, again, he had a band called Aesthetica, and he had this song called it was pretty obscure stuff, a song called Piranha Canoe. Don't even ask me what that means. And he had kind of that digga, 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 digga bass sound. So he thought maybe it should, um, maybe it should have that kind of a bass riff. And as soon as I heard the bass riff, I'm sure I heard the melody in my head. And then it was two weeks of going up and back with the producers. There was a lot of notes we want to hear more of the bass, push up the bass. Now we can't hear this. I mean, it was a mixing nightmare, <laughs> but and we kept adding stuff and adding stuff and adding stuff. And then ultimately, I think the last thing I put on was uh, the, the, the tubular bell, the boom, yeah. because I said, surely they're going to want this hole filled. But yeah, it is just an intense driving piece which is yeah yeah all my <laughs> energy and uh so that's that's where i was in my head at that time <laughs> which was great I, and and then when it finally went final i went this is at last yeah at last something with some energy and and not some lame ass playing down the kids which i've never done on any kids show i always write for adults yeah that's 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 good, yeah. It's, because uh, then they come on and uh, become the you know forty some year old men who are still sitting in their <laughs> their basement talking about and it, playing you uh, on their phones, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's fair, it's fair. Yeah. Um, so, are you? Do you know? Like, uh, they they're doing the uh, what is it uh, X Men ninety seven revival cartoon thing, or do you have anything to do with that? Are you connected to that? Or no, I have not heard a thing. I called. Uh, my friends at Disney and they said that that's the Marvel universe. And oh, although man. we're, See? we're part of it, we, we are not, we have nothing to do with that side of it. See, we had I said, said, do you know anybody? And they said, Nope, good luck. We had <laughs> said, I haven't heard a thing that if they, when they do the, the like revamp of the X-Men in the movie form, like if you want brownie yeah. points right from the beginning, you use mm -hmm. that theme song. You just do. Yes. And people are going to, like, you're going to have a whole fan base that the second they hear it, they're going to get happy. Yeah. <laughs> like, so. Yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> you need to reach out. <laughs> this needs yep. to happen because you would make everybody very happy. So, 
Yeah, and it would yeah. give them. Yeah, and if I if I was able to score it, I mean, I know they're using the theme, but if I, they, if I was able to score it, yeah, it would add some yeah, instant connection. Yeah, it's a reboot, but we. I, I don't know, but it's the Marvel machine, and yeah. I, I I have no yeah. idea. I mean, I love the and Marvel machine. And I'm not going to push but... that hard. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. So, kind of, kind of to 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 Jay's point about this, like you know, if you really want to get the brownie points and and get the nostalgia factor, you know, we'll talk about another property you worked on. Um, I remember sitting in the theater watching the new power, the newer Power Rangers film that came out, and then the theme song from the show came on, and I was sitting in the audience like, oh shit. It's like I I didn't expect. Oh, it, you mean the new the new new one that uh yeah Elizabeth Banks yeah. and yeah yes, that was really that cool one. yeah when they yeah played. hearing yeah. hearing like just a little bit of the the theme song just come on in there it was just like oh got got chills yeah it like, gets everybody excited you know, going back yeah. to when I was a kid watching the show in the first place yeah yeah I don't I don't know how but I immediately. Uh, a lot of people contacted me and had clips and I just went, wow, yeah, that's cool. that is amazing. That's really what a, cool. what a wonderful thing to happen. So yeah. I got to be fully upfront and honest. Um, I actually didn't initially, I'm a few years older than Matt. I didn't initially mm-hmm. watch power Rangers when it, when it first came on, I've since watched it because somehow my daughter, my teenage daughter became this massive fan of Power Rangers. She discovered it on her own, so Dad has to watch it too, you know. Uh, of course. But what's crazy is that theme song. Um, even me, who didn't watch it back then, I knew the Power Ranger theme song the second I heard it. You know, it was just kind of iconic. I think fans of this show, um, the hosts of this show, we mm-hmm. want to hear about it. I mean, how did you come up with that riff? Uh, did you watch episode like did you get to watch episodes of the show first to inspire you um and what's the fanfare been like um because i'm guessing it was probably pretty massive they literally walked in uh and said it was ron canon again um and i'll just call him ron too ron too walked in (laughs) and said we have a presentation tomorrow at fox and we need a theme tonight Wow. And I said, okay. <laughs> no pressure. Don't, and he don't said, stress about I it. <laughs> said, any suggestions? He said, maybe use the word go because Heim did so well with Go Gadget Go from the 80s. Oh, fair. Yeah. And I said, all right. And then I sat down. You know, I don't play a lick of guitar. It's all done on keyboard. And I just sat down and whatever happened from the moment the request came in and, you know, the building cleared out. I always worked at night. I preferred to be in the empty office building and it took two and a half hours and I just banged it out. Plus I wanted to work on something else that night for myself. So I was like, I want to just get this thing done. And the next day they called and they said, Fox loves it. (laughs) I said, great. Who are we going to get to sing it? And they said, no, your vocals staying on it. And I went, all right. And just (laughs) simply moved on to whatever I had to do the next day. Never gave it a second thought. Then the show oh. came out, and yeah, it was. Then I knew about a month after the release, it was huge. Yeah, <laughs> and that was fun. But I didn't know anything. You know, there, the internet was just beginning back then, and so somebody said, "Hey, there's a message board of people talking about you on American Online." So I got a modem and signed up to American um, to American online and just started answering people. And I've done it ever since. And it's literally 
yeah, it's just a thing. Cause when I was a kid, my friend and I wrote a letter to the band Chicago, to the keyboard player. And the guy wrote us back from a plane. I wish I had that letter. That's awesome. That's I awesome. just remember I'm sitting on a plane, enjoyed the letter you guys wrote. And I just thought if ever, even though at that age, I had no idea, but I always thought if I ever actually succeed in music, I will answer everybody. And I have, and it has been every day since 92, or ever since I went online. That's that's <laughs> awesome. And uh, kind of how we got a hold of you yeah, as well. Thanks for so, answering us. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, hey, side note, you mentioned Inspector Gadget. That also made our list of the cartoon did, songs. You know. That was, mm. was on there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a cute thing. I, you know, that was before I even thought about television, let alone kids' television. But yeah, I love that theme. Yeah, well, it becomes a whole it's actually thing. kind of a take. It's a takeoff on a classical piece called "In the Hall of the Mountain King." Yeah, because in the Hall of the Mountain King goes bum 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 yeah bum bum. So they just <laughs> I I don't know if it was intentional or not. They just did a kind of swing version of it. I was today uh, eight years old. Yeah, <laughs> was yeah. when I just yeah. read you like you you did that, and I'm like, oh, duh, yeah, it is. <laughs> wow, okay, um, yeah. I guess I never really paid attention until you just made it very <laughs> no, clear. Believe me, there was, there was a time in my life where I actually thought about uh, starting a, a my own side venture where I would just call let's say the lawyer for whoever Michael Jackson and say you've been plagiarized here and here because everything was just stuck in my head and I immediately could relate it to where it had been. And yeah. sometimes I couldn't figure out why it happened and why it haunted me, but eventually I would always figure it out. <laughs> so it's been kind of a curse, but that's dulled a bit. We, we've had, so that's good. We've had many discussions about that very topic lately mm. and how, you know, most music is going to be, you're inspired by the things that you grew up yes. listening to. It doesn't mean you don't put your own take on things and make it your own. Yeah. It's inspiration is a little right. different, you know. Yeah. So it's it's cool. And you're inevitably going to accidentally sure. plagiarize happens yes. somebody, yeah. even if it's for it just it's going to happen. Yeah. 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 So it yeah. happens. You ended up going on to write music for most of the Power Rangers franchise and also VR Troopers. So they yeah. all have your mark on it. And they're all your thing as well, but how do you, how do you go about giving each property its own, you know, definitive vibe, you know, from one thing to the next? I just simply try to outfox myself and try to grow <laughs> and try to add something that changes or dig around or there's a new reverb setting and that sounds really cool for this. So we can put in these long legato vocals in the back or it it evolves with technology in a way, if that makes sense. There's just, and I evolve, I'm constantly yeah. evolving. Yeah. So it's almost natural. I, I really don't like going back and copying. Well, when you're scoring a show, you come up with the sound, you're always using the same sounds for the most part, but I don't like the idea of going back and borrowing too much from what I did previously. Yeah. So I try to just make it, almost like there's a new co-writer in my brain that comes in and we just mix it up a little bit differently. Yeah. Has any of it changed? Like I, you said for power Rangers, you, they said here, give us something in like two hours. Do you, for any of the other stuff, like moving forward, 
do you get to like watch any episodes or like do you get to see anything beforehand or is it still sort of on the fly? Yeah, I mean that would that would X-Men and I didn't even know what X-Men were. I remember going down the hall to my friend Ron Soliasis, who's brilliant sound effects editor, and he did everything on X-Men. And I said, you're a comic book guy. Tell me about X-Men. And he gave me the rundown on it. And I just went like, okay, because there was nothing for me. To, you, know, you couldn't go online. There was nothing. Right. I knew nothing about the X-Men. <laughs> nothing. So, uh, yeah, but as things have evolved, generally there's a discussion – and then they send you a three or four page description with some drawings and this is what the show's gonna look like and this is what we're thinking. So yeah, it's it's completely different now. Well, and much better. I'm appreciative because you said it earlier and I think I remember watching X Men when it came on, um, and loving it and thinking like you said, you you didn't you didn't like write down to kids. You like your stuff was like I, I like I get the impression you were like what do I think would rock <laughs> and like like kids yeah. like that yeah. stuff too and it added it took stuff and at, made it feel a little more mature like I mean Power Rangers is a goofy show you know but it made it feel like it wasn't such a kids show like kids were getting to watch something somewhere in between like a little more adult but still kind of kid oriented and I've always appreciated exactly that. yeah yeah that was that was that was the goal. But yeah, there wasn't really any children's show prior to that where, you know, I would be singing a song going, <laughs> you know, <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty vicious, but worked really well because you're watching a, you know, a latex pig blow up. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so it, it toned it down. You put real violence under some of those songs. Okay. then I get it. Yeah. It's, kind of violent but not really yeah yeah i it, it, it works it works really well it sets the tone and yeah. the pacing so that's really cool uh, i did say earlier i didn't watch power rangers when it first aired but i was a uh when dragon ball z came to the u.s i had like the vhs box set for the u.s release um and as big as power rangers fan base is dragon ball z is got to be every bit as big um and again, your your music in the back, like it just really set the tone. I've seen, I've seen, I've I watched it in Japanese with the subtitles, and I've watched the American stuff as well. Um, mm -hmm. But that tone for me, like again, it played a really important part of that show of why I loved it so much. Was you know the music, how everything came together, the the voice acting, the music, it all just sort of played out. So thanks yeah, for that, that too. Was fun. <laughs> Uh, do you know how many yeah. uh, how many episodes of that you are? I think I did the first three years, but I don't remember how many episodes because I had already left Saban, but I was still doing stuff for him. Yeah. But they called one day and said, we have this show that nobody gives a shit about. Just nobody cares at all. <laughs> so you want to score it? And I said, sure. And <laughs> so I was doing it at home, a 19-inch tube television, a VHS player, uh <laughs> keyboard one sampler and a mac computer and it was just fun it was really fun and i never received a single note all i did was deliver the whole show with all the music you wow. know wall to wall and it would go straight to the mix stage i never knew what the show did i never saw it it was, wasn't until about 2010 when somebody wrote and said, you know, Dragon Ball Z, I heard you did that. I'm like, yeah. Like, you know, it's a 
like a big deal. It's like, huge. Oh, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was, it was, I was the telling same Jay before this. To tell you the truth. It's uh, it's massive, man. <laughs> yeah, I was telling Jay before this that I was I was telling one of my coworkers that you were coming on the show, and he's like, "Oh, I don't recognize the name." And I was like, "Yeah, he did the music for Dragon Ball Z." He goes, "Holy shit, seriously?" <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, so yeah, ah, it's that's so nice." He's he's a huge fan, so he's he's going to be listening to this and just <laughs> yeah, that was really fun. Yeah, I loved that show. That is really almost one of my favorite things I've ever scored. I love that show. <laughs> kind of leads yeah, well, that, that actually kind of leads into my next question. Uh, is there any specific piece that you've written or performed that that's kind of your baby? That's like one of your, your favorite things. If it's not Dragon Ball Z, what is it? Oh, it has to be uh, with the, the band with my uh, ex Fisher, a song called I will love you as far as, non-television stuff and we were the first band to get signed from the internet which is a whole other wow that's cool discussion and we had a great time and we were kind of the first band for several decades that did really well at top 40 radio with a piano vocal ballad it hadn't happened for a slow i mean i'd get uh faxes from program directors at radio saying i'm not going to play this dirge piece of shit <laughs> and then the next day they would call back and say so sorry the phones are yeah. lighting up we played it once and the phones are lighting up so that i'm really proud about and it's a gorgeous love song which i wrote to a friend of mine and uh but on television i you know it's got to be it's still the power ranger theme because yeah. when i occasionally listen to it now and then i'll be in the car i'm like i'm oh, what the fuck i'm siri play oh no she'll do it um, <laughs> S-I-R-I, play, uh, i really play hope everybody who's Walker. listening had that happen and it, up, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and it pop and it pops up it's so uh and i'm like this really rocks i love it and i i, I suddenly feel that surge of energy yeah it's i it's you know, I am completely humble. It has just been my day job. I don't know if this stuff gets just channeled to me or what happens. I don't understand how it works. But I am so happy to be associated with something. There's something magical about it's the perfect mixture. It's like a perfect dinner. Yeah. That song is perfect Yeah, for what yeah. it is, the theme. It is very, so, yeah, very intense. I'm proud yeah. of that. <laughs> That's mm -hmm. that's another one that's right up there with the X Men theme song. It's just being way more badass than it has any right to be. Uh, yeah, yeah, thanks. It's, it's, I, one, of my, it's one of my personal favorites. That. So yeah. As far as like what you get recognized for, uh, what is you know what is something that when people find out that they're shocked that you were involved in? Is there it's, is everybody just kind of like oh yeah you work forever. with Power Rangers but you know what else right. Forever, it was it was just Power Rangers, and then as the years have gone on, it's been a lot of X Men, and then uh, Dragon Ball Z, and then people, depending on their age in life, you know, I did a show with Betty White, so that's a big deal. Top Betty White to play drums, so that's a lot cool. of people, you know, it depends on who I'm that's talking awesome. to. You just kind of, it, anybody for the most part under thirty. Uh, if the conversation comes up, I'll go, yeah, I did X-Men and Power Rangers. But like, but like, they're just staring at me like, I, I don't know what you're talking about, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> So it's kind of funny. 
it's like my son is 19 and entirely missed my career because when he was really young, I was doing sitcoms for older. And then as he got a little bit older, all of a sudden I ended up back in shows that he wouldn't watch anymore. The only time I think we were ever in sync was for SpongeBob stuff I did up there. <laughs> and that's the only thing he went, that's you? I'm like, yeah, that's me. And that's, he's, like, he's like, well, you are cool. Other than that, he's, <laughs> he's completely missed my career. Oh, that's great. He only recently told me, he goes, I went and listened to the album, the first album that you and mom did. And he said, uh, my God, he goes, I had no idea you could do <laughs> stuff like that. And I went, great. Thank you. <laughs> it was really interesting. Oh, man. I've got a son the exact same age. I have a 19-year-old. Um, but I <laughs> I told you I have a 17-year-old daughter who found Power Rangers all on her own, and my son has watched all of the X-Men, but I think it's because uh, their dad was such a nerd and <laughs> forced all this stuff. I would, I would like, trivia them with bands and stuff hey, I like. So, yes. Was? Yeah, I guess I still am. Yeah, <laughs> I still watch those things. I'm not gonna lie. Come on now. <laughs> um, but I would like, I would like introduce them to the things like, listen, guys, like you don't have Saturday morning cartoons, so we got to yeah. watch these cartoons because these are the best. And you know, so like I said, though, it was totally, yeah. totally organic that my daughter found uh, Power Rangers. It was not me. She stumbled across it herself. I told her that I, uh, we were going to be talking to you. She's like, really? And I'm like, yeah. So she was pretty excited about that. Oh, so, that's so yeah. sweet. Tell her I said hello, and I, she's brilliant. I will definitely do that. She'll probably listen to this. She, know, yeah. Knowing that we're talking to you, she'll, she'll actually give me the time of day to listen. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think yeah. she normally does, but she uh, she listened to our Power Ranger episode, and she'll probably did listen, listen to this yeah. as well. Uh, so is there anything – you've talked about um, you know the stuff that people are like excited about. Is there anything where you tell somebody you worked on it, and they're like, you did what? Like, like they can't yeah. believe, like totally off the wall for you. It's just not your typical type. Yeah. I mean, it really does happen a, a lot, especially now that I'm uh, in that age group and their kids, some, uh, you know, I started late, but some of them have kids that are past 30 or they have grandkids talk about a disturbing thought for me where <laughs> they have grandkids and it, it's always, you know, they'll say, so what have you scored? Anything I would have heard. I'm like, yeah, power Rangers are like, Oh, I used to, I remember that song, the go, go fucking power Ranger thing. And I'm like, yeah, that was me. They're like, Oh, Oh my God. Wait till I tell my kids. So that happens all the time. It hasn't been on, um, the, the massive body of work that I've done since there's been some, and it, it runs the gamut, but it always goes back to those. Uh, it goes back to Power Rangers and X Men. Mm -hmm. Always, it's, it's like having two massive hit songs, <laughs> and no matter what you do afterwards, yeah. <laughs> people just go back to that. And I don't mind it at all. It's always flattering. Right. I love watching somebody go like you. You fucking did what? <laughs> <laughs> you mean people aren't walking up going, you did Sweet Valley High? <laughs> yeah. America's Next Top Model? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which, by the way, Mummies yeah. Alive, let's just not forget that. Oh, well. yeah. That I, I loved Mummies Alive. Hey, I loved yeah. that oh, show. such a fun thing. <laughs> so yeah. fun. It was good stuff, it was, man. I had a great time writing that. And then, you know, I did – that was all under company Deke Entertainment. Yeah. And 
I kind of owned CBS Saturday morning, I think from around That's 2000 cool. for a couple yeah. years. And it was great. And I remember I would just, I didn't watch anything cause I don't like watching anything I've ever scored, but I remember just going to the guide on satellite TV and going, okay, good, good. It's Saturday and they're airing Dino squad and, <laughs> and Horseland and this Coolopolis thing. And, Mummies alive, perfect, great. I forgot Excellent. about Coolopolis. <laughs> it was yeah. kind of the theme of the Saturday morning. If you know how they they group together, they used to group together oh, shows. Oh yeah, yeah, give yeah, it yeah, a name, yeah. Like the cool kids or whatever. Yeah. So they came up with Coolopolis, and so they said we need a song for that. So I came up with this thing for that, which they played a hundred times during that two and a half hours. It was just, Jeez. it was fun. Yeah, that's it was fantastic. I, you know, it's you're. I mean, you understand you're iconic now. Your your music has become as much a part of certain shows as the, the cast is. Your music is just as important as the stories or the the people who acted them at this point. And and yeah, I've I've come to realize it. But every time I hear that, I, honest to God, it <laughs> feels like I'm outside of that person it, it doesn't feel like it was me i hear it but it feels like it was still somebody else oh crap are we which is very weird we talking to the right i'll person? take credit for it but <laughs> it's it's really kind of it's interesting i i guess i just can't wrap my head around it yeah and i don't want to wrap my head around it because i've never bought into all the good stuff that's happened it doesn't matter i i still keep a foot in the gutter all the time. Well, yeah, I always we will. Do. It's the only way I can keep writing. <laughs> That's pretty great too. Jay, I, I, I gotta, I gotta go off script here for a second. Uh, and I'm, I'm doing something currently that I'm notorious for, uh, for doing during the show. I'm, I'm <laughs> doing some Googling and research and I just, I just discovered something else on, on Fisher's Wikipedia. It shows that you toured with not only Oasis, but Lisa Loeb. Matt's obsessed and, uh, with Lisa Loeb. <laughs> I love Lisa oh. Loeb, man. Yeah. I had to talk her out. At, we were doing some festival thing in Chicago at Soldier Field, and they had a freak storm. It was like early June, and they were expecting 100,000 people. It wasn't just to see the music acts. It was a whole event thing. Yeah. Was this Lilith and Fair, by was, chance? No, Lilith Fair was always packed. That was freaking fun. Yeah. That was great. But this particular event, and there was a freak storm, and it was freezing ass cold, so nobody went. So we went out, we played, and then it was time for Lisa Loeb to go up, and she was in the back crying, and she goes, this is terrible because nobody's here. She was really upset about it, but not from an egotistical point. She was upset because she was just like, damn, she must have been having a run of, or, or a rough week or whatever. Yeah. And I said, do you remember when you used to play gigs and nobody even knew your name? She goes, of course. And I said, how lucky are you that you're going to walk out there and those 150 people are going to go crazy for you. <laughs> and she went out and did her show and she was great. For, yeah. for just and, a second, Matt's and, heart was breaking because, because Lisa Loeb I was, was like, crying. <laughs> Lisa Loeb, who hurt you? 
<laughs> he loves her, she gets, man. She gets brought up so many times he bring, he, on the Non-stop, show. he brings her up. Yeah. So now you've just made his upper echelon. I was just like, oh, my God. You've met Lisa Loeb. That's amazing. Yeah, and she was beautiful. Yeah. Uh, Oasis, those was. guys Come were on just now. the loudest freaking band I ever heard really? in my life. But they were just great. Yeah. But you always thought at any second, at any time on that stage – they were going to literally beat each other. A lot to of death. tension. <laughs> Man. They were just so, I don't even know what to call it. Just so blue collar English <laughs> blokes and <laughs> always on the verge of just, I mean, and it showed in their music, but they have beautiful writing yeah. and gorgeous yeah. vocals. Yeah. Yeah. It was and then a- we played for a couple of, with a couple other people. I forgot. Um, his had his, his hit song was Babylon. Oh, David um, Gray. Yes, I believe that's who that was. Yeah, yeah, wow. absolutely uh, uh, atrocious person. Wow. <laughs> I mean, we we would go to radio after or before him or the day after on tour, and they'd be off air and they'd say, "He's dead. What's he like?" I go, you know, and I'm fearless. I said, "He's a fucking asshole." <laughs> And they go, oh my god! He came in here. Everybody hated. We were so excited. He, everybody hated him. I mean, he pretty much destroyed his career from just being such a prick. Yeah. Now we've gotten. Oh man. The, we haven't. Everybody we've talked to has been pretty great. We haven't run yeah. into any, and we keep worrying. We're so, like, one of these days, we're going to get somebody to on. Know, don't reach out to David <laughs> yeah. Gray. Don't reach out to David yeah. Gray. <laughs> That'll be the one. <laughs> Um, yeah, we, other than that, everybody's been cool. Uh, Duncan Sheik, we were on the road with him for a while. Wow. He was just so fun and so chill, and the band was all nice. We all hung out. I mean, we, we had a great time. That's cool. That's so much better to hear. You, you're, you I mean, you're, yeah. you're, on, you're out on the road. You're kind of in tight quarters. No matter whether you're with them or not, you're going to see them a lot. It's so much better to hear when somebody's just like, Oh, yeah, we were sharing cool. a bus. You're in tight yeah, quarters. Yeah. Believe me, you've so got it always goes. So eight or nine plus, you know, nine or 10 people on the bus. It was crowded. Yeah. So, but it was fun. Sure. We say all the time, I mean, when you're out there doing that stuff, I mean, at some point you kind of become family because you're together so often in, in such tight quarters. Yeah. You've got to learn to get along. It's just the way it is. So it's, and it, it was, it, it was, and you know, for the most part, musicians, when they're working and when, especially on the road, they're just chill and relaxed because yeah. they love it. They're in their element. So everybody's, everybody's great. Yeah. So we have, are three weird questions that we ask everybody. But before I have Matt ask you those three, it's, mm-hmm. we have these three weird ones that just kept coming up. So we just started asking everyone. Um, and I'm kind of curious uh, what your answers will be, if there are answers, which is okay if there isn't. Oh, I'm, but I, be- I have a great anticipation here. <laughs> I love oh, yeah. this. But real quick before we ask it, I do want to ask you about, you know, a little bit about your non-TV score stuff. Are you working on anything now? You know, are you working on any? Uh, you have any albums or anything you want to promote really quick? Why we Why we have you? Uh, I've been working on a video game for the last five years that supposedly promises will come out next February called The Next World, and it's going to be. Uh, I think it's going to be huge, That's cool. and I, I think it's going to be a very big game. What he's done and his team, but one guy mainly did it, is so beyond comprehension. Wow. And so beautifully executed. 
So I, I'm really looking forward to that coming out. There's a couple projects that I had to sign non-disclosure agreements for. What are and those? And now I no, don't just, know if this is just, right. Just get right. Shut yeah. up, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Marvin Gaye, Marvin Gaye. Um, it's going to get us taken down. Um, you'll probably get a copyright notice. You, you said his name. Uh, the writer's strike just kicked in. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I had two pilots for NBC sitcoms right when COVID started. They never came back. Mm. So there's a chance these other projects may get. It's kind of the way production companies work. Even there was COVID and no one was working. And by the time they could go back in, they said, yeah, that was a year ago. It's old news now. And <laughs> so they never happened. So I don't know what's coming other than I'm working on a bunch of reality television stuff again, because those people called and said, start feeding the library. It's going to, there's going to be more than ever that we can do with your music now for reality. Cause that's the last writer's strike is why reality television was born. Yeah. Because there's no writers. Yeah. I recall that. So, yeah. so that, that's what I'm working on. And hopefully the strike ends soon, but I don't think it's going to, mm. the whole system needs to be revamped yeah. for, for, on that side because the world's changed so much. That's true. It's hard. You it's know. hard for the people at home, but I totally understand, you know, where the industry's at and where it needs to be. So we, we, we support, yeah. we do support. Yeah. That's for sure. All right, we're going to ask you the three questions. I'm going to hand it over to Matt for, for our, our infamous three questions. All right. So, and like Jay said, the answer can be no. Uh, you can tell us to go screw ourselves for even asking it. We hope you don't. That'd be weird. But... Um, yeah, that would be weird. But uh, so the I first question. I don't think question, I've ever done that. <laughs> Hopefully you're not the first. <laughs> yeah. So the first question. Have you ever met or had any interaction with David Byrne from the Talking Heads? No, but I was okay. an absolute fanatic for the Talking Heads when I went to CalArts. Fanatic. Yeah, as yeah. am I. <laughs> Mine and my wife's song at our wedding was uh, Naive Melody, This This Might Be the Place, only... We didn't. We didn't have. We didn't dance to the Talking Heads version, but we actually our rings are inscribed with lyrics and stuff. We're huge fans. But he just yep. sort of started popping up on this show magically. People would be like, "Oh yeah," and then I had this interaction with David Byrne, or David Byrne showed up at this thing, and so we're like, "We're just going to ask everybody: Have you ever yep. met David Byrne, or is he ever in? Oh, you like, should. Yeah. Oh, I wish. It's crazy. Oh yeah. Well, it will happen. We we uh, we always yeah. will it. So you'll yeah. meet him now. Yeah. Good. Now, the next one is also involving meeting somebody in particular. Have you ever met or had any interaction with Weird Al Yankovic? My interaction is one degree of separation because we'll my cousin's it. daughter, a violinist, plays with him. So she will write me from when she's touring with him. And she said he is the nicest, most generous guy in the world. That's, that's the closest I've gotten. And I never had time when they were in LA to go see them. Yeah. We've, we've had other one degree of separation. Um, I can't remember who it was. We had somebody else on here and their, their niece was dating somebody in the band. Yeah. Who was that? Was. I don't remember who that was, mm -hmm. but we're dating someone. Yeah. So the last question is the yeah. fun question. Seeing as how apparently uh, X-Men is part of the Disney universe. And so is the Muppets. 
well, that, that's a weird uh, segue on this one. If you yourself were a Muppet, which Muppet would you be and why? I would be Big Bird because <laughs> no one would mess with me. I'd be the tallest and I'd be a uh, uh, very and, – and nobody could ever accidentally run into me because I'd be bright yellow <laughs> and I would make people happy. That's there cool. That's cool. Yeah. We uh, that one came about because uh, we we would interview people. I love that. You would. How many people tell us when we ask early influences? They would yep. be like, "Well, the Usually Muppets, musicians who were drummers, <laughs> the Muppets were a huge Muppets. influence on me." Yeah, and uh, specifically it, the HR Puffin stuff was another yep. one we would hear from time to time. Like, really? Yep. <laughs> so Muppets and HR Puffin stuff. We just started asking people, "Which Muppet would you be?" So. Yeah, it's been a fun. And question. you are, by the way, that's another Weird Al connection because mm-hmm. Jim Kimmel West said Big Bird as well. Big Bird, well, yeah, yeah Big you Bird. Do. Big Bird's pretty cool, man. I mean, I grew growing up, he was he was one of those uh, heroes of mine growing up. I'm a I'm a Kermit with a little bit of Gonzo. So yeah, Matt's Rizzo the was, Rat. Yeah, <laughs> Rizzo the Rat, and I, I can never remember what the other one was that you said, but I, I need to go back through my text because this all happened in a, a text <laughs> conversation with us. Oh man! Well, Ron, we <laughs> we loved having you on, man, and uh, yeah. like it was you're so much fun to talk to. Like I said, we saw you uh, on another interview, and we were like, he just seems like very personable, very friendly guy, and we we would love to talk to him. So I'm so glad that uh, that you came on and gave us a few minutes of your time. Well, thanks uh, so much for having me. I mean, you guys have been great. It's been fun and different, and you guys are really great at. <laughs> Having a conversation with, I've had a wonderful time. Well, God, thank you. Thank That's you. awesome. We, we did as well. Uh, we will definitely leave this in so everybody <laughs> yeah, this part we're good at. <laughs> Hello, this is Gilbert Gottfried, and unfortunately, I died last year. But if I wasn't dead, I could tell you the one podcast I would love to be on is the Mixtape Podcast. I love those guys. I love Jason. I love Matt. And I love Casey Masterpiece and his slide whistle. But I'm dead. So I can't be on it. But this is the best that I could do is a little promo piece. So I hope you enjoy the 100th episode of the Mixtape Podcast as I will enjoy it as well. Hey, Matt. Yeah. Top that. Top that. <laughs> I was going to sing the other song from Teen Witch, which I think it goes, Never going to be the same again. I don't really know any of the words. But I don't know why. Either, but it was just in my head, man. This is what you happens. What do you do when you think you top that? Top that. I'm yeah. hot. By the way, and you're not. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys. Just the worst. Uh, we, we made the mistake, Connie and I, well, I, let me rephrase that. I made the mistake and Connie was along for the ride of putting that on our Halloween movie lists for, uh, wow. The, the past year. And I, I watched, I watched teen witch thinking it was <laughs> going to be more witch involved. And it was really just like, a yeah. And her weird, it was kind of like a weird retelling of like Cinderella in her weird little brother. that's creepy. And yeah, that's a, it's a, it's not good. Um, if it's you, not a good movie. No, it's not good at all. But that it's funny because people remember stuff and uh, nostal- mm-hmm. with nostalgia, 
And it's actually like you were, you don't know this, but you remember it. You don't remember it being bad, but you remember it because it was bad. Now you're going to go watch it and you're going to be like, yeah. there are movies where people are always trying to convince me that it's good. And I'm like, listen, I'll, I'm, and I'll stick to this. It's okay to like bad movies. I like a lot of bad movies, man. Like I willingly yeah, just. Toys is amazing. Yeah. I just willingly went and saw Fast, and Fast X. <laughs> listen. You got to know. He told me, he told me, he goes, <laughs> you have to see this movie, but do not see this movie. <laughs> That's exactly what I said. I'm you like, need to see this. What the fuck does that even mean? It. it means uh, I'm telling you, don't go see it because I don't want to be the person that told you to go see it. But I also, yeah. you need to see it <laughs> like, cause it's the dumbest shit. And I know that going in, I'm like, I'm sitting down like. Okay, the only movie that's more dumb than Fast X was Fast 9, and it was more dumb. And what's what's great about this, Matt, is we went, and uh, my wife goes, and she's hasn't seen any of them since, like, the second one or the first one, you know. I'm like, oh, that's not the movie anymore. <laughs> like, they don't even pretend to be that. They are super yeah. spies with an endless budget who can do anything, defy law, the laws of physics, gravity, and never die. So expect that. It has nothing to do with street racing. So we watched a, a video that recapped all the Fast and Furious movies in chronological er, order. And it's it was ridiculous. So we get out of this movie and she looks at me and my kids were, I mean, during the movie, we're looking at each other in the theater, like bent over laughing hysterically at just at the stupidity that's happening on the screen. But we were enjoying the hell out of it. We get out of the movie and my son goes, uh, I think... My son's like, I think the last one was, uh, I think this one was at least better than the last one. My wife's like, oh, there's no way. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's way better. Like, no Fieros flying through outer space. We got you. <laughs> oh, my God. There's a video on YouTube that I watched with the kids, and it was um, like uh, the top, I think it was like the top 10 times Fast and Furious broke the laws of physics or something like that. And it's like, they don't even try. All in the trailer. Dude, they don't even try. It's like they don't care. I said it is two 12-year-olds sat down and wrote this script. <laughs> so it's ridiculous. Uh, but I know it's ridiculous, and I know bad movies, man. And uh, you're not going to – people try to convince me of stuff all the time. I'm going to get a lot of hate backlash for this one. Um, people try to tell me all the time that Hocus Pocus is a good movie. I'm like, no, it's not. It's not good. <laughs> like, it's – it's pretty bad, but it's okay if you like it. Like, I like a lot of bad shit, especially if it's from your childhood, man. That's like trying to tell me that the Power Rangers is is high-quality show. It's not. It's not a good show. It's fun as hell. Um, yeah. So, and you know what makes it more fun? Go, go, Power Rangers from Ron Washerman. Absolutely it does. But it's not good. Like, I was watching the, the new one, Power Rangers, what is it, Now and Forever or whatever it's called? And I'm like, they don't even... Like, it's like the putties are still just dudes in, like, gray leotards. Like, they got those morph suits and... Yeah, it, you know, it looks ridiculous. A store and made some masks. But isn't that part of what makes it so much fun? Like, yeah, it's the it, charm of the show. Yeah. I think it's great how... You know, we ask him about writing the song. It It's so fitting. First of all, it's amazing. Like, it is... That music is amazing. It really is. Like, it is great music. And then when I find out he plays no guitar, he's like, I don't even know how to play guitar. That's all yeah, fake like, guitar. Okay, that's all keyboards? I wrote that okay. song in two hours. 
yeah. <laughs> it's like because I was very stressed on how to do it. Yeah, and then he's like, and what then hell? he he thought he was writing a like a demo. That's what makes it so good. Like they came to him, please write this. He's like, okay. He's like, I, you know, I think I put a demo down. I think, and then I'm like, so who's gonna sing it? And they're like, no, no, we want the song. He's like, great. <laughs> who's gonna sing it? They're like, no, this is the song. He's like, oh, it's me. It's like, it's like I yeah, sing that, it. <laughs> that's your voice is going to be the theme song. Like, oh, yeah. All right. But how much more cool does that make it? That's Ron yeah. going, go, go, Power Rangers. I mean, that's great, man. So, uh, just so much fun. And again, when we reached out to Ron, so full disclosure, why did I reach out to Ron Wasserman? Because we kept talking about Ron Wasserman and I suddenly realized, oh, this dude's extremely important in the zeitgeist of the things we are into. Yeah. And so I reached out and he's like, yeah, I love it. He literally said, I love doing this kind of stuff. And yeah. God, he was and so he, much fun. And he touched on it in the interview, too. Yeah, like so much fun. You know, just it became kind of a key part of who he is as a person. Yeah. And he's so humble about it. Yeah. You know, he's he doesn't really think of it that way, and that just makes it all the better. So uh, we thank him for coming on. We thank all of our guests who have come on and all the ones we plan on having. Um, if there's people that you would like us to – I mean, be realistic – be realistic. Yeah. Don't be like the Rock. I'm probably not going to yeah. get to talk to the Rock. You know, um, I don't know, man. I mean, it's possible. Anything's possible. Maybe. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of it's like about drive. It's about power. <laughs> shut up. I mean, I was about to say something cheesy too, but you beat me to it. So shut <laughs> the fuck up. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could smell what I was cooking. So. I was going to say that actually. <laughs> I was going to say something along those lines. <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know what I mean? Like, but if there's somebody from, you know, back in the era that you think would be cool to get on the show, we will definitely try. And if you have contacts, please let us know, but we'll try. Uh, that's kind of what we do. We like talking to them. We want you guys to enjoy as well. Uh, that being said, please again, um, review and share, uh, go on social media, interact. We love that. Don't forget the, the clues. Please send in. Um, I don't know when we're, we'll give it a couple of weeks before we announce the winner. We want to give people time. And for all I know, somebody's going to send in the wrong stuff. We don't know yet. We're going to have to see what we see. Uh, yeah. but it will be the first person who sends it in to get it right. That's who will be the winner. It's not going to be like, I'm, I mean, if you have a cool name that I'm going to pick you, uh, and I'm going to tell her, but I'll, I'll lie. If your name's like really cool, like Jason, then no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> now watch somebody named like like what's a fake fucking, name? Fucking watch watch somebody named Jason be the first, and nobody's gonna believe it. Now. You're like you mm-hmm. said, no, I didn't. Uh, uh, but send them in, and uh, we'll send you a prize pack, and we'll talk about you on the show. And uh, other ways, if you want to be mentioned on the show, I mean, you could you could call us. We'd love that. Um, and you can email us, uh, and we'd love that. We actually have an email that I'm going to, going to bring up here in a second. But, uh, yeah, those are a couple of ways you could um, you could get with us on the show. You can send us songs for um, playlists. You'll get on the show that way as well. So, yeah. I have an email. i got to find it because I suck. Um but Matt sent me over an email, and I was actually very glad about it because um, this is actually not an mm-hmm. email. It's an Instagram message. But Damn it, I did it again. Sorry. It is very important 
Be- just <laughs> do without realizing it. <laughs> because I had something wrong. And what's funny is my wife called it out and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I need to fix that. And then I forgot. So thank God Chad drops us a message to let us know. Uh, so Chad, we're going to read your message here. And thank you for calling me out on this because I want her to get uh, her due respect because she was great. He said, it was driving me crazy. You kept calling Kelsey Carter, Kelsey Kramer. So a couple of weeks back, I talked about going to Billy Idol, and I said Kelsey Kramer opened for uh, Billy Idol, which became a hilarious bit on the show where we talked about Kelsey Grammer <laughs> singing songs. But it's actually Kelsey Carter, which my wife promptly corrected me, and uh, I forgot to correct it on the show. So he did. So thank you, Chad. He said, uh, I only just discovered her. I really wanted to see her open for Billy Idol, but the tickets were, geez, man, $95 each. That's in Baltimore. That sucks. They were not, uh, they weren't that high here, um, at least not for the seats we got, which was great. Uh, I will tell you, Billy was awesome. He, I won't read what he says next on here <laughs> because he was he, he was uh, he was fantastic. He didn't say anything bad about Billy Idol. Um, he said I saw him on the Charmed Life tour when I was in college with Faith No More. Um, they opened before they blew up. It was a great show. Yeah, that sounds um, like it would have been an amazing. Would have been killer, man. I love getting to see people and being like, man, that band was great. And then a couple months later, they like yeah. explode all over the place. And you're like, yeah. oh, my God, I, that, I saw them. I had that happen with Chevelle. I actually saw them play in the basement of a church in Westport in, in Kansas City. That's and uh, awesome and like, weird. <laughs> about a year or two later, they were like being played on the radio, on MTV. And uh, like The Red came out uh, a few years after that. And yeah, I'd been telling everybody, I was like, oh my God, these guys were, you know, uh, le- you know, alluding to a future potential episode, a Christian version of, uh, they were very Tool-like in their early years. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were kind of a Christian version of Tool. Um, and now they've gone on to be, you know, Chevelle that everybody knows. Right. Um, but yeah, I literally just saw them as the opening band for another band called Fulton Andura. Um in the basement of a church and I was just blew me away. I was like, okay, I have to check these guys out. Went and I got their demo that they had on like burned CDs that they were selling at their merch table. And it had like three or four songs that ended up going on to their first album. CDs kids were these little yeah, CDs. Discs. Yeah, it was like they, a, like a shiny disc. They were shiny. You could put them in a player. Uh, a disc, by the way. And a laser is, would read the music yeah. off and play it through speakers. Yeah. And I know that sounds like sci-fi mumbo jumbo <laughs> to you kids. Dude, but we yeah. watched this thing and it was talking about forgotten technology. And Speaking of, I almost bought a VCR today. Well, that was one of the things almost. I brought up and I'm like, you know what's weird? If you really so, I, I it never really struck me. CDs, I'm sorry, DVDs didn't outsell VHS until 2003, which means and and they folded before. I mean, they're still around, but not really. DVDs mm-hmm. aren't really around much. They stay are, but yeah. if you think of when digital took over, they didn't even make it 20 years in the market before they started getting beat. So if you think about how yeah. so. Real, 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 real quick. We had, so we went from eight tracks to cassette tapes. Now, cassette tapes, I, I had early eight tracks when I was real little, but I mean, cassette tapes were my, that was my. Um, Your intro. To yeah, music, really it was. Much. And then we went from cassette tapes to CDs. So this would have been 
80s were cassette tapes, 90s were um, CDs, and then in the 2000s, we switched gotta, to freaking yeah, digital. You got to have a shout out to mini discs, though. They didn't really take off. So. Like, yeah, I know, but uh, don't tell Connie that. But if you think about the fact that they <laughs> loved her mini disc players. Think about it, though. Cassettes barely, I mean, what? Like a blip on the on the radar. Yeah, the uh, CD's even shorter. Mm-hmm. It's bizarre. They're the shortest form of... Uh-huh. <laughs> so dumb. Uh, 45s, man. It's, uh, but it's weird when you consider how fast... I mean, a technology can come in and you're like, this is well, the best thing ever. Anymore. And yeah. then it's just gone, which honestly... Um, for audio files, you will you will probably agree with me. CD quality is actually a little bit higher than an MP. Well, it is higher than an MP3, but and then vinyl is uh, is vinyl. Vinyl is awesome. Um, yeah, it's even higher than that. But it's weird, man. It's just a it's a bizarre thing how fast things are in and out. Sorry, I know that was a tangent, but it's true. It's what we do on the show. We tangent, so is yeah. what it is. Uh, but thanks, Chad. I do appreciate you letting me know. And it is Kelsey Carter. And please go check her out. She's amazing. She is. The perfect person to be touring with Billy Idol, uh, one for her accent and two for her attitude and three for her music. They just all fit. It's great. Please check her out. She deserves it. So give her some attention. Maybe maybe we'll see if we can reach out and get her on the show or something. It'd be great to talk to her for a few minutes. Uh, guys, thank you. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for everything you've done. Thank you for all the interaction. Thank you. It's 100 episodes. I know we've done 100 plus you know, but this is a hundred official episodes. Um, glad to have Matt on board with us now. Um, yeah, Matt, Matt, Matt is my co-pilot. Um, we get a lot of shit done. Um, love having the guys on from time to time. Uh, of course, you know, no, no slide whistle this week, but, uh, love having Kevin on with a slide whistle. Uh, we look forward to giving you guys many more episodes. So that's all I have to say, Matt, do you have anything to say to the folks at home? Um, thanks. Thanks everybody. Uh, check out the YouTube. We've been putting out some stuff on there. Like I said, got some, uh, video promos for upcoming episodes coming down the line and yeah, you guys seem to like the, uh, commercials. So we'll probably have a few more of those coming down and yeah, we like doing them. So we really appreciate it. Uh, There should be one either up or about to go up right now. Right. Yeah. Should be, we have another creepy baby doll thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you got a little confused for. I didn't want to. I was like, hang on, I didn't want to really on. totally. Yeah, yeah. Please go check out the YouTube. Thing, Matt, so, Matt, yeah. Matt does a lot of work over there, so um, we appreciate it. it's a lot of fun. We have fun doing that shit, so we'll be giving yeah. more of that too. So cool. Well, uh, Matt, let's let the folks at home go, and uh, we will be talking to you guys soon. Remember, there'll probably be a second episode, little mini episode dropping this week. That'll be our interview with Neely Wafer. Um, <laughs> this is what she calls it, which is great. It's her actual Instagram, Neely Wafer, which her is YouTube page. Brilliant, she's brilliant. Please check that out. Please uh, listen to the Operation Fandom episode that dropped. Yeah, go back and listen to all of our interviews. Uh, please show some love and support for the people we talk about. Uh, all the music we talk about here on the show. Please check them out. All the movies we talk about here on the show. Please check those out. And that's it. Guys, we thank you, and until next, we have the opportunity to talk to you. Remember to always stay awesome. A lot easier. I mean, it's so pretty difficult. I said it.
no, no, we're, we're dead on the